Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's like football, baby. <laughs> what up, people? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host. Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Month Eight. It's going to be back. It was off last week. Appreciate you guys' understanding. Just super busy. Was out of town. Had a great week at the uh, weekend at the NASCAR race down in Bristol, Tennessee. For you NASCAR fans out there, which is probably like three of you um, that are here for my NASCAR knowledge. But uh, all in all, uh, just life kind of got in the way just a bit. So did not have a SmackDown show last week, but uh, had fun. A few weeks back, going through my rankings, QB and running back, and then wide receiver tight end. Those were two separate shows. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. Of course, if you've missed any of the other DBs, uh, any other of the other Dynasty Warzone content, sorry, uh, you got to go check that out. Rookie Rundown with Dallas has been awesome. Uh, and of course, Memphis and Jerry, but continue to kill it. War Games putting out content. So we've got you covered all offseason here. So it's been a ton of fun. Uh, on today's show, I'm doing my. Uh, pre-draft, pre-NFL draft wish list. I'm going to cover my five uh, things I'd like to see and five things I would like to watch teams avoid come the NFL draft here in about a week. Recording this on Wednesday, April 20th. So about a week away from the first round of the NFL draft. Looking forward to that. But uh, if you remember back about a month or two ago, did my pre-free agency wish list uh, covering the moves that I want to see some of the teams make. And obviously saw a lot of teams shuffle their fantasy prospects when you're talking about all the trades and all the signings from this most recent free agency period, which was crazy. But I'm going to put this back into perspective just a little bit, focusing on the draft. I'm not going to roll through every single team uh, because honestly, some of these, it's super boring. I just leave them alone. Stay status quo. Uh, But I'm going to highlight some of the scenarios here in which I'm looking to see teams hopefully address some specific positions or if I want teams to just steer clear on a certain thing. So let's uh, let's get moving here. I'm going to start with my top five things I want to see happen. And honestly, there's a lot at number one. I think there's a lot of teams that we're hoping add a prime prospect in the NFL draft. And if you look at the draft order when I was putting this together, there's honestly a lot of teams within the first top 15 that I'm hoping don't go after one of these big wide receivers that we've we've heard so much about, right? We have kind of this big five right now and Williams obviously dealing with the injury, but outside of that, these wide receiver prospects are really the names that fantasy owners are going to see on night one on Thursday, about a week from you listening to this on the podcast feed on Thursday, one week 
we're going to see a lot of these big time wide receivers coming off in round one. I think at least five wide receivers wouldn't be surprised if maybe a six one sneaks in there based off what we've seen in previous years. So when you look at the draft order, again, there's a lot of teams at the top of the board that I don't necessarily want a receiver to go there because I'm not thrilled with the prospects that they have at QB, right? Obviously better teams pick late. So when you look at, you know, Green Bay, Kansas City having a cut two first round picks apiece and then needing to replace uh, big time wide receiver options that they've traded away this offseason, those are some that kind of jump off the board. But actually, I wanted to mix it up a little bit. So I don't know that these are in a particular order, but the first one for me, a spot that I want to see addressed is I actually want to see New Orleans go get a receiver. They have they have two first round picks. Uh, the early of the two is number 16. I would love to see the Saints go get a receiver to, to line up alongside Michael Thomas. Uh, Kamara still, honestly, that whole off offseason event, I don't know if it never happened. What's going on? No suspension announced or anything. But when you talk about Kamara and Michael Thomas, I think for fantasy, having Jameis Winston have great weapons around him is is a good thing, right? I don't expect this team to be, uh, you know, what it was two years ago. I think it'll be a little bit better than last year as far as fantasy prospects if Jameis is healthy, ready to go, and the starter all season. So I would love to see the Saints go and get a receiver at 16. Uh, I think that there's a ton of opportunity there when you look at who they still have in the building. They haven't really signed anybody. They had no money. Their cap situation is trash. Uh, I know Jarvis Landry had a had a uh, had a meeting with them uh, or workout or whatever earlier this week. Maybe that's a veteran option for them uh, if Jarvis is willing to take peanuts. But I think when you're looking at rookie wide receiver and a rookie weapon there, the Saints having two first rounders, they can get an impact player on the offensive side of the ball at the wide receiver position, a position that they haven't addressed in quite a while in the draft. Uh, even Michael Thomas was a second round pick. I mean, they haven't really done a lot uh, as far as offensive weaponry for this team. Alvin Kamara was a third round pick when he was drafted. I mean, they have been focusing primarily on defense for a long time. And now they have a defensive mind head coach. Why the hell not take an offensive player in round one, at least with one of those two first round picks uh, that they've acquired with the trade with Philly. So I would love to see the Saints get a receiver. I think that's going to be a big one for me. Uh, as far as the specific names, I'll leave all of the breakdown of the prospects to Dallas. So go check out all his his uh, rookie rundown right here on uh, DWZ. But uh, Saints wide receiver, that's what I'm looking at. This The second one I had on my list, this one's easy. It's slam dunk. It, this is color by numbers. Simple. Green Bay wide receiver at number 22. This team has two first-round wide uh, first two first round picks. They're both late. Uh, the pick that they required from Oakland is number 22 overall. Their own pick is even a little bit later than that. So they're going to be behind a lot of teams that are going to be looking for receivers uh, in the first round. But hopefully this is the year. I honestly, we talked about Green Bay as a prime landing spot for receiver for years. And I can't believe that they still haven't, after all these years, taken a wide receiver. And now, if they skip again in 2022, the world's going to go nuts, right? Uh, Twitter will break. The re this receiver will fly up dynasty draft boards and rookie drafts because he's paired with Aaron Rodgers, at least for a year, maybe two. Uh, but I think Green Bay picking a wide receiver at 22 is a huge thing that fantasy owners need. If not just for that receiver's fantasy value, but also for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' weapons right now are very, very poor. He is already out. He's outside the top 10 for me at the quarterback position for redraft 2022. If you're looking to squeeze some dynasty value out of Aaron Rodgers, you need some weapons around this man. And I think if they can land a big time wide receiver at 22 or scoot up just a bit to get that big name is that that's going to be huge for this Packers offense, but also for fantasy owners. So, uh, so we will see if uh, the saints and the Packers make a move at the receiver position. So, 
Uh, Mike in the chat. Thanks for listening, Mike. I finally uh, did this thing live because I was recording at a time that's not like 11 at night, which is pretty much what I was doing for the ranking show. So those did not go live. So appreciate you joining me, Mike. Uh, I said this. Uh, I think the Saints are going to package and trade up uh, for alignment. Potentially. Uh, I know that some of the process, some of the comments from the Saints when they made the trade to acquire two picks this year, um, they in essence, they had the middle like the sandwich pick with Philly. Uh, they got two first round picks from Philly this year and their comments were they want two impact starters out of those picks. Now, do they move up? Potentially a lot of smoke and mirrors right now. GMs will say anything right to throw people off the trail of what they're actually trying to do. So we'll see uh, if the Saints do that. But I think when you look at the Saints situation, not the first rounders are extremely cheap, but their cap situation is pretty poor. So if they can leverage some some uh, some rookie prospects, there, two first rounders, mid first rounders. Uh, you know, do they go wide receiver? I don't know that that's a huge, huge need for them that they will go that route because this is a team that has ignored the position for a while. They still have two playmakers there with Kamara and Michael Thomas. Um, but Thomas is getting a little old. Didn't obviously last year was, uh, not, not a good look, um, for, uh, for that relationship. So we'll see, but I think that they're going to address the position at some point, they're going to have to add a receiver. And if that's in round two or round three, whatever, um, that's fine, but I, I would personally like to see a round one pit, round one wide receiver. So I'm looking for round one wide receivers out of the Saints and the Packers. Those are my two uh, wishes, uh, things I want to see happen. Uh, number three on this list is when you're going through the running back landscape right now, there are definitely spots where, uh, you know, it, it appears crowded, right? There's also the spots that like, who man, we kind of want it to stay status quo, leave it alone. Um, it's good the way it is, right? I think one, when you look at for opportunities of like, hey, this would be a perfect plug and play for a running back. I think we've been saying this for a couple of years. And those of you out there that trying to continue to to just squeeze that last little bit of Cordell Patterson uh, in your dynasty league, you ain't going to like this. But Atlanta Falcons got two second round picks. Uh, when you look at the openings at the running back position, you have Atlanta, you have Houston, not a not great landing spots. Right. But these are these are the spots that are open. And I think Atlanta landing and running back would be great for fantasy. Uh, again, with two two second round picks, er, so early day two, I think Atlanta could make a move, grab a running back, and address the position that they've really ignored um, since trying to plug and play with with Todd Gurley. Right. So uh, I would love to see a running back land in in Atlanta. I think that's a team that's you know you're, there's a lot of question marks around the offense. We'll see what they want to do, but I think there's a lot of opportunity uh, for a rookie to step right in, get the majority of the of the carries. Um, hopefully be involved in the passing game enough uh, and Patterson can be more of a complimentary weapon in that offense rather than the focal point. And even then we saw them split carries quite a bit with Davis. So I would like to see Atlanta go get a running back sometime in round two. I think that'd be great draft capital. Uh, and that running back would, would uh, come out looking pretty good when you're heading into rookie drafts. If they, if they take Spiller, let's say like late round two, which I don't think will happen, but that could be a situation where that guy skyrockets or if it's another name that's currently outside that top two or three, in rookie rankings, I think they could jump into that first round and, you know, and, and we'll see, there's going to be a mistake. You know, when we're sitting here, Oh, you know, a week or so from now, after we get through day two, maybe even day three, there's going to be a guy that lands in a great spot that was drafted earlier than we thought uh, that are going to creep up into the back end around one. Uh, like we said, well, we've seen many times before uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, Trey Sermon, right? Like we we're going to chase that guy. We're going to try not to. And we'll all touch on that here 
on the Warzone Network once the draft's concluded. But I'd like to see Atlanta land one of those top-end running back prospects because I think that's the best landing spot for a rookie running back right now. Number four on this list is, uh, I tried to throw out a quarterback situation here. There's a, there's still teams that need quarterbacks. There's the teams that address the position in the offseason when you're talking about uh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers signing Mr. Bisky. I mean, they addressed it, quote-unquote. Uh, you still have teams like Carolina that a lot of question marks. Um, but one situation that I'm hoping for a, a quarterback that I think would just give us some more instant gratification as far as the fantasy prospects for those around him, if anything else, is Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they draft inside the top 10. They have no QB. Uh, and I just don't want to see DK Metcalf and especially Tyler Lockett just wither away there on the fantasy vine with Drew Locke chunking dunks to him. It's going to be horrific if that's what we have to see in 2022. So Seattle getting a quarterback in round one. I would love to Malik Willis. That'd be interesting uh, to see him land there with some good weapons out of the gate. Now the supporting cast around him is obviously not going to be great. Uh, and that team is going to be bad in 2022. But uh, whether it be Willis or Pickett or a surprise player there that they maybe go back into round one for, I, I at least want to see a rookie prospect, a high draft capital pick. Um at the quarterback position for the Seattle Seahawks to hopefully prop up those two, those two wide receivers, especially because that offense is going to be putrid. Uh, and one that we just can pretty much ignore, I think from a fantasy perspective uh, when you're talking about looking for big returns from Seahawks players. So I want to see the, the Seahawks go after QB in, uh, in round one there. So we will see, there's not a ton of quarterbacks that I want to see drafted uh, to places this year because this quarterback class is not once what we've seen over the last few years. But if I could pick one landing spot for a QB, I think Seattle's the one. Uh, I feel like it's a clear-cut path to playing time, but also great weapons that I'm just hoping really cannot get any worse as far as who's throwing on the ball right now. So, uh, Mike said in the chat, he, he said, I got Keyshawn Vaughn and, uh, and Trey Sermon on a team. What? Uh, uh, 111 picks back-to-back years. That's hilarious. Um, you're not alone there, Mike. Uh, we were there. It's going to happen. You're going to start seeing these guys that weren't pre, pre-draft pre first-rounders and ADP. Uh, they're going to sneak in there just based off the landing spot. Uh, we'll talk about rookie draft approach and those types of things once we know some of the landing spots were coming out of the NFL draft. But, I mean, honestly, the one thing that I always do when I'm looking at for rookie draft um, – analysis for my own teams is just sitting there and trying to avoid overreacting to a landing spot. Even as a redraft player, you know, I still, still playing there, still more of a dynasty player. I have a lot more dynasty leagues and redraft leagues. Don't take the approach of like, Hey, this is going to work right away. Right. I think sometimes you can sit back, look at a guy that, Hey, I just believe in this talent. Right. And then he can overcome the fact that it might be crowded quote unquote in his certain scenario. So um, or even the guy that maybe isn't as talented and it's not crowded, but you can't necessarily buy into him overtaking uh, the guys that are in front of him. Like we've seen uh, from those two running backs, as an example, running backs seem to be the constant there as far as overdrafted, right? We all want them. We all need them. We need those running backs and they're hard to find. Last one. So I got the Saints and, and Packers wide receivers. Want to see that. Uh, want to see Atlanta take a running back in round two with one of their two second round picks. And I want to Seattle get the quarterback at the top. Um, if it, if he slides to him at nine, fine. Uh, whatever it takes. I want to see DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett get a competent quarterback to throw them the ball in 2022 this year. Let's go. Last but not least, this is my number five. This is the last one. And it stinks because this is a team that has no first round pick. They have an early second picking at number 39 overall as of recording this right now. 
it's going to be tough for them to move up because they're obviously taking the approach of trying to rebuild this franchise. Uh, but the Chicago Bears, they have done zilch around Justin Fields. They added Oshak Hennessy this week, another tight end. This is the same Bears organization, apparently, because they love their tight ends. But in all seriousness, Justin Fields needs weapons. And whatever you think about Allen Robinson last year, they're still just left now with Darnell Mooney and Dave Montgomery. Cole Komet hopefully can step into his own, make that step this year. But they need playmakers on the outside. They don't have it. Byron Pringle is not the answer. Newsflash to them. So with them having an early second round pick, I'd like if they can get away with, you know, uh, a short jump from 39, maybe into that late first to go get their guy. Maybe it's that they just move up slightly in day two. Uh, we've seen teams do that where they where they slide up to that first pick in round two if they're really looking for a guy. But at 39 overall, it's, it is realistic. We've seen players before, especially the receiver position, that people in the industry and analysts and, and fantasy analysts are, are high on, right? And they don't make their way into round one. Maybe they slide back in to round two just a bit or towards the back end of round two. And, and uh, so it's possible that the Bears could get a wide receiver that we like, one of these top five guys, maybe six, uh, at 39. I think they're going to have to scoot up just a bit to get them. I don't know that this organization really values that position uh, enough to go do that or if they think they have more holes to fill. Wherever the Chicago Bears get their wide receiver, and they should get one in this in this draft, um, I hope it's at 39 and it's somebody that we're really excited about. Otherwise, what you're probably going to run into is a late day two or day three pick as the quote-unquote Bears number two receiver and it's not going to end well. So I just want Justin Fields to have better weapons. Even if we don't feel great about that wide receiver's fantasy prospects, I just want to see Justin Fields get a fair shot. And right now, he's not going to get it with what's currently around him. So uh, there you go. Last but not least, Bears getting a receiver. Hopefully, my boy Dallas is down for that because I know it's been a sore subject already uh, throughout the offseason that this team is not addressing uh, the weapons around Justin Fields. All right. Last five here. So I got my five wishes of of areas that I hope players or teams address uh, that they go out there and land some high value prospects. I also have five spots that I'm hoping teams ignore that they just let it stay status quo, that they don't rock the boat on some of these fantasy prospects. Before we get to that, just want to remind you guys, we're sitting here between these two. If you haven't already rate and review the show, please do that. Uh, I've been checking them out. We're a little light on the reviews as of late. I'm not sure I've had an Apple podcast review in quite some time. So if you like what you hear and you've been enjoying all the content that myself and Memphis Dallas and the boys of the board games and Jerry have been pumping out here on this feed nonstop since the end of the season. Leave us a review. We really, really, really appreciate it. Same thing on Spotify. They added Spotify uh, ratings that you can go in there now and rate podcasts. And we really appreciate uh, that as well, because as we continue to put out content uh, that helps, you know, it's a great way to support the show. Maybe you don't want to get in on the Patreon just yet. Maybe you're not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, rate and review the show. If you like what you hear. All right. Five spots that I'm hoping teams ignore now this week. Hopefully when we're talking uh, about a week or so from now that the incumbent players are still intact and in good shape. I'm going to go at number one. This is actually kind of a two first. I'm giving you a bonus. The New York Jets, they have a pick at number 10. They have been linked to every wide receiver, every big name wide receiver. They're apparently trying to trade for people that aren't even on the block. But the Jets are a team that I'm hoping doesn't take a wide receiver at number 10. And I'm hoping that the Jets are a situation, are, are a team that ignores the running back position at least until day three. I'm a Michael Carter guy. I want to see it. Um, Mike in the chat said, do you do the Jets 
draft a running back. He actually said, do the goddamn Jets draft a running back, which is hilarious because I just watched Big Daddy the other day, Adam Sandler. Uh, but I hope they don't. I, they're going to draft a running back. The Jets will draft a running back. They're going to draft a wide receiver as well if they're that worried about the receiver core. I just don't. I, I'm I'm personally fine from a fantasy perspective with what they have. Um, you know, I, I think Corey Davis can still be a usable wide receiver. Uh, you know, I think what they have there as far as more – Young talent, want him to be a focal point of that offense. They already brought Arios back on a free agent ad uh, contract. I just want to see it just stay. I, I don't think that they need to go get a guy for this, these guys to be fancy relevant. Now, if you're a Zach Wilson owner, yeah, you can't, you can never have enough weapons. It'd be great to see them add that. And from an NFL perspective, yes, you probably want to add a big time wide receiver to the quarterback that you just spent a high draft pick on a year ago. But personally, I hope that they just forget about it, that, that it's not there for them. They go another route. And the Jets don't take a receiver at 10. Uh, if they draft a guy in round two or three, that, that's fine. Uh, but I think if you're trying to get a little more out of Corey Davis uh, as a wide receiver four in your dynasty team, this situation, you don't want to see somebody like that coming in at number 10. And again, like I mentioned, I do not want them drafting wide, a running back until day three. If the running back comes in with day four, day five draft capital, I, I'm okay with that. It's going to happen. We're going to see multiple situations like this where we think, you know, oh, they, they have enough. They have enough. And these teams are going to add to it, right? It's just going to happen. But I think Michael Carter could be a top 20 running back uh, in 2022, 2023, if they actually give him a chance. And we saw him give him a chance at times, but uh, we'll see if he can survive this year's draft. Number two, going to stick with the running back position. This is another team that I hope uh, does not address the position early on. The Arizona Cardinals will 100% be drafting a running back. They are not going to roll with Eno Benjamin, right? This is a team that... Uh, is going to add to the running back stable for 2022. But if you're a fantasy owner uh, and you, whether you own James Conner in dynasty league or whether you're looking to draft him in this upcoming draft, I'm a little bit lower on him compared to what he did last year. I don't think he produces that touchdown volume, but he is a fine fantasy prospect and a great, I still think he'll be a decent value probably somewhere in round early round three. I'd be cool with that. Um, if he's kind of the only show in town per se, he can still be the only show in town if they add a round four running back. So if it's round four or later for Arizona Cardinals taking a running back uh, in next week's draft, I'm I'm good with that. If they take a guy in round two, I'll be a little bit more concerned of a split there in Arizona. And I think in order for Connor to maintain top 12 upside, he has to not only get the goal line looks, but be a little bit more involved in the passing game. And if they bring it someone in there for more of an even split, I don't know if I necessarily see that happening. So uh, the first the first two, I got the Jets, no wide receiver at number 10, and avoid the running back position until day three. Arizona, no running back until day three. Uh, it was tough on the on the prior list to find spots where I wanted to plug in a, a running back. On the list of uh, situations where I don't want teams to go get a running back, there was an abundance of those. And number three on my list was Denver. Uh, this is a situation Williams is off the charts right now as far as dynasty value. Uh, Javante Williams, I think, could be an absolute stud in 2022, provide fantasy and dynasty owners great production uh, across the board. We saw a really nice production room in a very part-time and very split role in Denver last season. I think when you're talking about an improved offense overall, Williams' upside is almost as high as anybody's um, outside for 2022, outside of maybe those top two or three guys. Um, if he, if Denver leaves this draft without a running back or maybe you know a late round five, six guy flyer type, and they still don't bring back Melvin Gordon, which it sounds like isn't going to happen. I think you could see Williams as a ranked inside the top five for redraft leagues. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. 
But all, my only hope is that Denver just leaves the position alone, kind of similar to Arizona until later in the later in the draft. If they take a guy in round four, five, that's fine. You're, I'm not scared by that. And Williams is plug and play workhorse running back. But if they take a guy in round two, even round three, I could see a situation where they say, you know, we want to we want to keep this as a split. Um, with their head coaching change coming over from Hackett coming over from Green Bay. We saw a situation where they already had Aaron Jones and they still spent an early pick on AJ Dillon. Does he try to incorporate that just a bit? Is the situation and we even when they drafted uh, Aaron Jones, they had Jamal Williams, right? This is that there's always kind of been that second back. I'm not sure. We just don't see it across the league very much that teams just going with just one guy, right? And oftentimes hasn't really worked. Um, you know, the, those these guys just get run down. So I think Denver could be a team when we're sitting here on day two on Friday next week and they draft a running back. We don't want them to. Um, My hope is they don't, but we'll see. All right. Number four on this list. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the running back position alone for a minute here uh, after uh, a couple back to backs. And I'm going to turn to the NFC East. And my hope is that Philadelphia goes 100% defense forgets the offense altogether because I don't know if I want any more mouths in there and they don't have an abundance of talent to begin with Rager make or break season for sure. Uh, When you talk about Smith Goddard, even at the running back position with Sanders, that's about it. I'm not sure that Jalen hurts can sustain anything more than that tight end and Goddard, hopefully being top 10 and Smith with hopefully some upside, maybe to be top 24, but with Jalen hurts, I just don't think that there's enough left on the bone in this offense that they, them adding, a prime prospect in round one or round two is going to be exciting for fantasy owners. Is it what they need uh, as a team? Potentially, because we've seen them. They were kind of linked to a few players in free agency. Didn't make it happen right now. It's still kind of status quo for the Eagles. So I'm kind of hoping it stays that way just because for fantasy purposes, I, I want a clear cut. Hey, these are your few guys and that's it. The running back position still probably going to be a mess, but at least if I know Smith Goddard hurts the end, I can live with that. So I'm hoping that Philadelphia kind of lays off the offensive weapons. All right. Last but not least, number five. I hope that the Kansas City Chiefs don't draft a wide receiver in round one with one of their two first round picks. And why is that? Because I have 8,000 shares of Juju Smith-Schuster. So selfishly, I hope that sticks. But in all reality, this would definitely be on the other side of the list. This is in top five of everyone's uh, top landing spots for one of these prime prospects. Everybody wants to see one of these big five wide receivers land in Kansas City, land with Patrick Mahomes, and the dynasty uh, community is going to explode. Do you remember when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got drafted by Kansas City just a few years ago? That will be nothing compared to this. Uh, If they draft a wide receiver, it's going to get crazy, and that value is going to skyrocket. And Memphis has mentioned it on the war zone. This is the time. The window is closing. If Juju Smith-Schuster's on your roster like he is on mine, try to see if you can cash out. Uh, don't get greedy because everybody else kind of has that feeling too. But I think even if you if you look at the value right now of Juju, even with everybody knowing the things that are going against him, right, that he hasn't really produced over the course of his young career, he's still young, uh, and that Kansas City has two first-round picks to help address this position, there's just no way that Kansas City leaves this draft without at least even a second-round wide receiver being added to this receiver group. I think they still get one in round one. I'm hoping they don't because I'm a Juju Smith-Schuster owner in a lot of leagues. But I think the window to sell him is, is getting small. Um, you got to do it now. If you are if you really believe 
you know, then ride it out, see what happens. But I think if you try to sell him today, even with the the possibility of this happening, and then try to sell him uh, 10 days from now, once they've actually already drafted that first round wide receiver, that value is going to be way different, right? Yeah, people can think it's going to happen. Once once it actually has, it, the tables are going to turn just a bit as far as what that value looks like. So um, I'm hoping that Juju survives this. Let's go uh save juju right but uh i don't necessarily see it happening so i'd be a little concerned um if i'm being all honest with you but uh that that was mine so i gave you guys a bonus one this is technically six um but uh that one was just because i'm really hoping i'm just trying to speak it into the universe that juju smith schuster can survive the 2022 first round and if we're sitting here on friday and that they haven't made that move to a wide receiver i'm gonna feel good about it but last but not least for me um this is more of a dynasty perspective um, but I am hoping that the Detroit Lions do not take a quarterback in this year's draft, and especially at number two overall. If they wanted to, it's going to be there for them, right? Obviously, they get their pick of the litter. But I think they have a plan. They've done they've done this very intentionally. They need to stick to the plan and just ride with Jared Goff for one more year. I know it's not sexy, but if you look at the long term on this, as much as I want Malik Willis potentially in Seattle, right? Uh, or for them to go pick it, or whoever they're comfortable with, just somebody to get the ball to those two studs out in Seattle. When you look at Detroit, I think this is a team that still needs to focus on on building the core just a little bit more. They're still going to suck. They're going to have a top-end pick next year in a much better quarterback class, and that's where they go out, make the kill, go get that quarterback. And by then, there's still going to be time for these prospects. Swift, Hawkinson, St. Brown, still going to be young. Maybe they add somebody in this year's draft as well. They could definitely use it, right? Yeah, I know they signed Chark, but maybe they go with a, a wide receiver late with that the pick that they got um, later in round one. Maybe they go with an early round two uh, receiver pick. I'd be fine with that. I, I don't think you can have enough weapons in this offense. You need to get those in there, set the foundation, and then I think it would make a great landing spot for a quarterback in 2023. Um, I just don't love the prospects in 2022. I think they're going to jump the gun if they actually try to take the stab at it now. Stick to the game plan, Detroit. Wait one more year. There's more on the other side, right? We need to we need to see the Lions stick to their plan here. And uh, I know Jerry's on board with this. I, he threatened to kick me in the shin uh, if the Lions drafted a quarterback in round two. Not sure why I'm responsible for this uh, if it happens. But fingers crossed uh, that the Detroit Lions just roll one more year with Jared Goff. If anything else, uh, just to hopefully add a better QB prospect in 2023 uh, and then prop these weapons up at that point. I'm not sure that uh, a young quarterback does that for them right out of the gate um, compared to some of the more established weapons. That, like I said, in comparison with Seattle, um, it really can't get any worse than Drew Locke. So there you have it. But there it is. Five spots I'm hoping get addressed in next week's draft and five spots I'm hoping teams ignore. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this year's draft. Again, if you haven't checked out the rookie rundown with Dallas, you have to. <clears throat> He's been doing great work over there. I've had him on this show plenty of times. So if you have skipped over that in the Warzone feed, you need to correct that mistake right here, right now, uh, and go check out, uh, go check out that uh, show right here on this very network. Uh, Mike wrapped it up here. He said, if they don't draft a QB, the Lions don't draft a QB. Do you get to kick him back? Do I get to kick Jerry back? I think I have to. I think we got to line that up. So um, I'm just gonna say yes. Uh, I know that I'm more than likely gonna see him in Canton the fantasy football expo this August. So maybe we'll do a video of that. Uh, and one of us is getting kicked. Um, he said that he'd kick me in the shin. I don't know if I'm going to be that kind. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have to figure that out. Maybe a little friendly bet there, but uh, I don't know. That's why you got to stay subscribed on YouTube as well. You never know when we're going to go live 
uh, here on the Warzone Network. Uh, but Mike, appreciate you checking out the show live. Uh, if you're not already on uh, subscribed on YouTube, hit that notifications. You'll get notified when we go live across any of our shows. You can always jump in, hang out in the chat for a bit. Um, looking forward to making uh, some off-season shows just even more interactive. I have a nice series planned uh, for some of the slower months in June uh, and early July. So I'm really looking forward to those shows. So if you're not already, head over to YouTube, search Dynasty Warzone, hit that bell, get notifications turned on, subscribe. Now we'll get notified when we're going live. I'll do a better job also posting on Twitter at KyleMonth8 uh, ahead of time of when we're planning on recording those shows. Uh, I'm looking forward to having some great guests on for that series post-NFL draft. But, of course, we have the draft next week. A lot of rookie content coming out. Uh, a lot of rookie drafts coming in May. And we'll kind of hit that lull just a little bit in June. So ho- looking forward to filling your podcast feed with some fun shows uh, around that time. So with that, again, you can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Be sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast if you're watching on YouTube. I'll be back next week with some pre-draft fun, just a little bit more. Going to be dropping in your podcast feed Thursday morning. So the morning of round one of the NFL draft. But again, if you're subscribed, you're going to continue to get great shows throughout the week and leading up to the 22 NFL draft next Thursday. So until then, I will catch you boys later. See you.